so far it was uh, 20,000. It was a nice little rehab property that I, I sent out there and you know, it was gone in 10 minutes. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, So go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show that cuts out all that fluffy stuff and we get straight to the best real estate investing advice ever that moves your real estate business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tom Wheelwright, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's CPA, Sharon Letcher, who has 21 international bestsellers, and you know what? I think she's her interview is actually to come because this interview is going to be airing before her hers airs. But just know I've spoken to her and her episode's coming up. If you ever read Three Feet from Gold from the Napoleon Hill Foundation and uh, are a fan of Napoleon Hill, then you'll love our conversation with Sharon. That's coming up in the next month or so. So with us today, we've got a wonderful best ever guest, a wholesaler who has been wholesaling for two years now, but made $100,000 in his first year. We've got to learn how the heck he was able to do that so quickly. Whether you're a wholesaling or not, uh, he has started this company and he's hit the ground running. So there's many things that we can learn from him. And you know, I, I focus on multifamily investing, but I know that there's some things I'm going to take away from this conversation. So welcome, Anthony Price. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to have you on the show, my friend. I've mentioned uh, a little bit about you so far. The only other thing I want to mention, non-real estate related, is Anthony's from a small town of about 600 people, and it's called New Bloomfield. So shout out to all 600 <laughs> people in New Bloomfield. Yeah. I'm sure they're huddled around their listening devices. Yeah hearing their their hometown hero break through on the best ever podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. At least one of us made it, so to speak, yeah, out of the small we town. There we go. Well, um, with that being said, Anthony, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Real estate-wise? Absolutely. That's what we talk about on this oh, show, man. my friend. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, my background, 
you know, from being from a small town, there's, you know, not many opportunities where I'm from. Um, I mean, besides working in a warehouse or a restaurant, something like that, you know, making $12,000 a year, that's kind of my background. You can't really have a life off of $12,000 a year, can you? But, uh, you know, I got into real estate, you know, well, I'll just, I'll back up. When I was a kid, I was always interested in fixing and flipping, you know, watching those shows all the time, trying to learn how to get into it, but uh, just never could because I always thought you needed money and credit and all that stuff. So I went off and became a CNA, you know, started working in nursing homes and working in the hospitals and stuff like that. You know, always had an issue with getting, you know, I've always had bad luck with getting laid off from jobs. I just get laid off one after the other, you know, can really never hold something steady. Uh, One day I got laid off from a hospital again, (laughs) had to move back home, uh, back to my small town and uh, was just sitting at the computer one day trying to figure out how to, what to do next. And uh, I remember one of my family members said, well, you always talked about real estate. Why don't you be an agent? So I got on YouTube and started, uh, I guess you could say, researching how to become a real estate agent. And then, you know, you have all those little videos on the side. And, you know, one of them said something like, you know, make $10,000 in a week or something crazy like that. And, you know, I'm a pretty skeptical person. I'm very analytical. You know, I got to read all about it and, you know, hear all about it before I can jump into it. So I, uh, you know, started watching those videos and I got kind of hooked on it and thought maybe this is actually, you know, something real. So I uh, kind of watched all the videos I could for about a month or two. And then I was like, well, I can't do this in my small town. There's just not enough inventory. There's not enough people. I mean, it's just it's going to be really hard. So, you know, I kind of knew about, you know, St. Louis. I used to work at a hospital up there for about a year until I had to move back after losing my job. So I figured what I'd do is I'd get online, type in basically we buy houses, contact every big real estate investor um, that I could find and ask if they just need an apprentice, you know, somebody that could... Uh, help them maybe find deals. You know, I was almost willing to work for free just so I can get my foot in the door and learn how to do something. And, uh, so I contacted about three people (laughs) and one guy called me back. Um, and he said, you know what? The funny thing is, is I'm actually looking for help. Um, so the next week I came up, you know, kind of had like a little interview. And, uh, I think my first two weeks helping him find a deal, I found a deal and we made $10,000 together on that one, just kind of bird dogging for him. And then uh, I eventually moved back to St. Louis, worked with him for about a year. And all I would do basically is scour the MLS every single morning, looking at all the new active listings, you know, looking at the properties, putting in offers, did that every day, man. And that's uh, that's pretty brutal, you know, looking at maybe 10 properties a day, putting in 30, 40 offers, you know, a week and maybe getting one, uh, one a month because it is a little competitive here in my market. And so, uh, you know, after about a year of doing that, I kind of knew how to do everything by myself. Um, you know, I knew there was something better out there than scouring the MLS every day. You know, I kind of wanted to go directly to the sellers. And so I kind of went off my own. It's a little rocky at first. I did a lot of cold wholesaling. And that's really how I got my foot in the door, I would say, is a lot of cold wholesaling. I mean, you know, all my little, you know, all my friends that, you know, I, I built relationships with. Um, that first year of working for somebody else, I, uh, you know, contacted them, asked them if they had any properties because I was, I had a pretty, I had a good buyers list already pre kind of built up. And, uh, you know, I would get a couple of people saying, yeah, I got this property over here. I got this property over there. And, uh, you know, I say my first year alone, I made my first 60,000 just off of cold wholesaling deals. I never had a property under contract myself. I just always hooked uh, somebody up with a buyer and made, you know, 60 grand just doing that. Hmm. So many questions. What a, 
Really? What a story of just starting from scratch and then making things happen through a step-by-step, like, you know, take, I'm picturing what I'm saying is I'm picturing like a staircase, you know, you're at the bottom step and you're just taking incremental steps up. Yeah. I have some questions about some of the things that you you mentioned because I'd love to dig deeper. You said during the first two weeks with the gentleman who called you back, Mm -hmm. you made 10,000 together. How did you find that property? You know, (laughs) not knowing really how to market or anything like that, I just got on Zillow and started contacting every for sale by owner I could find. And man, I tell you that first phone call, I've never had my handshake so (laughs) bad. And of course, the very first phone call that I make, it's some angry old guy that is yelling at me because he doesn't like to sell to investors. He hates investors. I mean, that almost made me want to quit right there. The first guy I called just screaming over the phone not to call him. Oh, man, how how nerve-wracking that was. But uh, I kept calling. Um, You know, I would get on Zillow every morning. Uh, I would write down all the phone numbers. I would send an email to them if they had an email along with calling them. And I would basically continue to call them until, you know, they answer and I can kind of mark them off my list. And I eventually got a guy here in St. Louis that I guess he uh, inherited a property from his, I can't remember if it was his grandparents or his parents, but he was just looking to sell it. Um, You know, I think we, uh, I I contacted him. He said, yeah, you know, come out and see me. So we, you know, I contacted the guy that I was kind of bird dogging for at the time. And we went out there and looked at it and got it under contract at somewhere, uh, you know, probably like 80000 and then we sold it, you know, for ninety to a rehabber that's going to fix and flip it. So that was pretty exciting. You know, and that was right off the bat, just my first two weeks. So I was like, well, this is easy. Uh, little did I know, it's not that easy. You know, if you uh, don't know really how to market and if you're not consistent, those don't keep coming in as easy as that. So maybe it's a little beginner's luck. And But thank God I did get that because that really kind of gave me the passion of, wow, this really does work, you know. What was the structure that you had with the gentleman you were partnering with in terms of how you divvied up to 10000 Well, I think back then when I started, he was giving me like, you know, 25% of every deal. That was pretty much what I was making. You know, I find him a property and then he would do everything and then just give me 25% of whatever we, uh, you know, flipped it for. Okay. And then when we got, you know, when I, you know, was working with him for a little bit more, I started scouring the MLS. You know, he kind of taught me how to use that how to, you know, look for properties that are, you know, geared towards investors and, you know, that could possibly be deals. And so every morning, like I said, I'd, you know, get a, get coffee and sit at the computer for, you know, an hour or two, uh, you know, writing down addresses, making appointments, looking at properties, putting in tons of offers, which was, oh man, it was a huge headache because you put in so many offers and you might not get any, or you might get one a month or one every, you know, I don't know, five, six weeks, something like that. It was pretty, pretty crazy. And how do you look for deals that are geared more towards investors or be more open to have investors buy them? Well, first off, it's all about the the price. So, I mean, you get on the MLS, say you're used to, a, I don't know, a certain location, you know, where houses sell for 100000 usually retail. Well, I mean, you get on the MLS and you see that you uh, you see a property there for forty, fifty thousand. Well, right there, you already know there's some kind of equity in it. So something's going on. So now you just need to put in some kind of offer on it. So that's a big, you know, red flag. Um, when there's already, uh, I guess you could say a lower price than what the other retail houses are going for. And then when you have buyers, you know, your buyers are buying properties for about, you know, 40 to 50,000 and you see a property that's already around that number. Maybe you can put an offer a little bit lower, you know, to get it at a deal so you can sell it to your buyers. And that's another thing I kind of did. I'm like, well, I got buyers that I know buy in this area. Um, they buy rental properties. They usually need to be in the 40,000 somewhere. Just, this isn't just one of our areas. 
So I would, you know, keep putting in offers maybe for 30, 35, something like that, just kind of starting off. You mentioned that you had a good buyer's list built up. Yeah. And your first your, or your second year, you were doing the coal wholesaling and you made 60000 yeah. without ever putting a property under contract. How do you create a good buyer's list? How did you create a good buyer's list? Well, you know, whenever I did get an MLS property under contract back in the day, you know, I made a lot of relationships just by sending those properties out on, uh, you know, just posting those on Craigslist and stuff like that, kind of building up a buyer's list on Zillow. You put the property on, on post list so it synchronizes to everything else. And then you uh, would have a squeeze. What I do is I basically, any time I, I put out a property, I always, uh, you know, put all the information, why it's a deal, who am I targeting? Am I targeting a rehabber or am I targeting a landlord am I, or am I targeting both? Because some properties can target both. And at the top of the, I guess you could say the property blast, I always put, you know, to sign up for more deals, you know, go to wholesaleproperties.com, for example. And so that way, when I do put it on Zillow or Postlets or Craigslist, you know, if somebody's not necessarily interested in that property, they'll keep signing up on my squeeze page. Um, that's kind of like how I built it. You know, I probably got about over 2,000 cash buyers right now that buy from me here in St. Louis. Would you say most of them are located in St. Louis? Uh, you know, I use a uh, software to blast on my properties out called MailChimp, and I just sent the property out the other day, and it actually tells me who opens my emails and where are they. It's kind of funny. I think, obviously, most of them are here in Missouri. A lot of them are in Georgia, and a lot of them are in California. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was going to be on my list if I, if you had me guess. Yeah, I got a lot of West Coasters, a lot of East Coasters, uh, you know, obviously in Missouri, a couple guys, you know, some people in Canada, some people, in, uh, you know, in Japan, it's just all over, but mostly the East, West Coast and Missouri. So it's kind of, kind of funny and kind of cool. And I, I want to take a quick second to give a shout out to everyone in California, because California is the state that has the most best ever listeners. So shout out to everybody listening in California. And, and thanks for being on Anthony's list, too. <laughs> Yeah, thank you very much. It's it's definitely helped being on uh, being on my list. But uh, and something else I would do is I would get on Meetup. Are you familiar with Meetup.com? I am. So I would I love blasting properties out there because it's already a pre-built buyers list. I mean, all you do is type in real estate meetings or a group or something like that, and you just add every single one of them in your in your network, right? And then you can blast a property. And you know sometimes there are only like three hundred people in the group, five hundred people, or even maybe a thousand, depending on where you're at. But you blast a property out there and you always say, you know, uh, I got more properties on the squeeze page. And you always you always keep trying to build your buyer's list. You know, you, hopefully you're getting your property sold, but you always want to make sure you're building your buyer's list at the same time because, uh, you know, that's very important. But uh, but yeah, I would shoot a property out to meet up, you know, at least three meetups a day because that's the limit. Right. And uh, get a bunch of buyers that way. Man, that's such a great pre-built buyers list. I can't stress that enough. I mean, if you don't have a buyer's list, that's an awesome way to do it. It's free. I mean, there's tons of cash buyers there. I mean, they're ready to go. Help me understand the logistics on that meetup message. You go to meetup.com, mm-hmm. you search for a real estate meetup, and then you add yourself to it, and then you're able to message. Uh, you, you post on the message board, I imagine. Is that right? Actually, I, there's like a little... Uh, you go to the group, right? And then you click on discussions, and then you're able to copy the email address of the group where you can actually send a, a mass emailing out to everybody in that group individually. So yeah, you can also post on the discussion board, but there should be a link if your uh, group leader um, provides that. Um, it'll say like, uh, 
St. Louis, I don't know, real estate investing group, you know, dot com or something like that. And then you just copy that link, you know, put it in your email and then you can send an email out to everybody in that group instead of just the discussion board. Because I don't like I'll post to the discussion board, but who really goes in there, takes the time to click on the board and kind of file through it and all that stuff. So I'd rather the email actually hit their inbox. They're more likely to uh, look at your property. Oh yeah, that's ideal for sure. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware of the ability to get an email oh, address yeah. for the entire group and then send it out. And I didn't know it was publicly available yeah. like that. Yeah, some groups have them. If you're uh, if the leader of that group, you know, allows that permission. Most of the groups that I've seen, they always have it. Some don't. You know, I guess they you know you don't want your members to get a lot of spam and stuff like that, which is understandable. But I'm glad that you know my area does have some stuff like that. Another thing I did was I would go and I would sign up for the meetup groups in California, and then in New York, and uh, you know all the east big East Coast cities, and in Florida, L.A. I would actually join theirs, even though I'm not in their market. And I would send a property out, but I would also say, hey guys, you know in California. Are you looking for deals here in St. Louis? You know, I got great rental properties here. You can buy them pretty cheap, high ROI. And so I would actually send my properties out to other markets, getting other buyers in different markets to sign up for my list here in St. Louis if they were interested in it. So that was another way to get out-of-state buyers. Out of the $100,000 you made in the second year, you said 60 of it was co-wholesaling. About how many deals did you do in order to get to the 100,000? Not very many. Um... Let me see, maybe like 100,000, maybe 12, 14, something like that um, to get there. So, yeah, that was my first year. Yeah. Oh, that was the first year you made 100,000? Yeah, my first year. That's right. Your first year you made 100,000. Yeah. What about your second year? Well, my second year, um, I, I'm actually on my second year being by myself, my sophomore year. So I'm uh, pretty excited. Um, you know, I, I feel like you're like in high school, you would learn something every different year, right? It's kind of like when your freshman year, you're just trying to learn the basics. Your sophomore year, you're like, all right, I'm in it. You know, let's get to it. Let's, you know, I know it's about marketing because we're not in the real estate business. We're in the marketing business, right? So if you're not getting leads, you're dead in the water. So I've learned to send out mail constantly. I love direct mail. Um, you know, I've started recently started a Google AdWords campaign, which is doing great right now. I got a, I hired a guy to put out bandit signs for me every single weekend. Um, you know, it's all about having the most, I guess you could say fishing poles in the water, right? So if you only got one fishing pole in the water, you're not going to catch that many fish. But if you have seven lines of marketing in the water, you have a very high chance of catching more fish, right? That's right. So that's how I look at it. Um, and ever since, so, so this year, I would say my second year, I've surpassed a hundred thousand already and I have four houses under contract right now. They should each bring me over 10,000 a piece. Uh, two of them that should actually bring me over 20. So I'm shooting for 200000 by the end of the year, maybe 250000 And how much would you say you're spending on expenses for marketing and paying people for bandit signs, Google AdWords, all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, so my Google AdWords campaign is actually pretty fresh. Um, you know, it's a small budget right now, just like $35 a day. Um, I'm hoping to work that up to $100 a day um, because the budget does run out pretty quick. You know, pretty much mid Oh, afternoon, it's, it's already depleted. So that's that's still a starting point. That's going to grow. And that's going to be a great source of leads as soon as I get that up and running and optimized. Bandit signs, I usually put about 50 out a week, weekend. I pay my guy about two bucks a sign. You know, he'll prep them for me, get them ready, you know, drive the route, um, you know, Friday night, put them all out. And then the stars, the calls start coming in. So that, yeah, that's, a, that's only what, a hundred bucks a, a week. 
yeah. for that. So that's yep. not bad at all. You know, just a, and it, you know, and we all start out. We all used to put out our own bandit signs, right? And so that's very nice that I actually have somebody. And, you know, that is doing that for me that way. I, I'm not out on Friday nights. You know, I can actually, you know, spend time with family and friends and it's, it's, it's worth it. I, I think so. I, you know, I just give them, some guys give them, you know, a dollar a sign. I, I give my guy $2 a sign, you know, make sure that, you know, he's happy and he's, you know, doing his job and the signs are going up consistently and, you know, I'm getting calls. So that's what it's about. Um, direct mail. I think I, I try to send out as much as I can. Usually my big list go out every quarter. And that's probably about 13, 15,000 mailers every quarter just on my big list. And then I have little niche lists that go out once a month every 30 days and my follow-ups. How much are you spending on that a year? Oh, man. Well, right now, let me see, about 20,000, uh, I would say, around there just for right now. Okay. Yeah, it's usually, it's, uh, usually about $6,000 every time you give or take if you want to send one of those big lists out. And what other things are you doing that cost money for marketing? You know, that's that's pretty much it. I just, you know, direct mail is my key. Google AdWords, bandit signs. I haven't got into doing per- periodicals yet, you know, like yellow pages and stuff. That's something kind of on my game plan as well, you know, because I want more, I guess you could say, line in the water, so to speak. Um, that's another uh, avenue that I'm going to probably be going down, kind of seeing how much that costs, if it's worth it. You know, I've had some duds in marketing. One time I spent thousands of dollars to advertise on the back of receipts. <laughs> that was a huge failure. <laughs> okay. How how much did you spend? And that was my first year. So, you know, your first year you live in, you know, you, you learn a lot of what works, what doesn't work. So my second year, January hit and I was like, all right, I'm sticking to what works. You know, whatever works is what I'm sticking to and I'm funneling all of my money towards that. Okay. So I stuck with direct mail, you know, and bandit signs and just the old fashioned stuff that works. Nothing new. No, uh, you know, what, what is that? The value packs or whatever, you know, that some people have tried and failed on. Uh, I tried the back of receipts, you know, at Schnooks. Are you guys familiar with that? You have that where you're at? Uh-uh. What is it? Yeah, okay. It's just like a grocery store. Okay. How much did you spend on the back of receipts? Oh, that was probably about $2,500. But when you're starting out, your first year, $2,500, man, that was a lot. So uh, I lost on that one. That one, uh, that one hurt. I didn't get one deal out of that. Um, you know, I was supposed to get, it was like 100,000 uh, receipts a month times, I think I was in four stores or five stores. So it was a half a million ads going. I was like, for sh- <laughs> I was like, surely I would get one deal, right? Now I got, I got maybe two calls out of a year of doing that. And I would have, I mean, seriously, half a million receipts go out a month is what I signed up for two calls in a year I was like you've got to be kidding me and they called me a year later saying you know do you want to re-up or do you want to sign up again no no (laughs) you want to double it you want to double your money (laughs) gosh and then I had a lady call me with a value pack uh, offering you know I don't know if you guys get those around where you're at it's like a a, like a pack bunch of yeah coupon or something like that I've heard of other investors doing that but you can't target that you know, you can't, you know, get really targeted with that kind of marketing like you can with other avenues. But uh, so I just passed on that one. I mean, it's pretty similar to my receipt campaign that failed epically. Um, so I just passed on that one. I was like, no, I'll, I'll put the money somewhere where I know it's going to work. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? I got several of them. Well, it, they wouldn't be your best ever if you have several. Oh, but but it is. <laughs> Follow ups and just be aggressive. Um you know, my market is pretty competitive as a new guy. You know, you you got to, you know, kind of fight the bigger fish in the water. 
Um, there's always plenty of houses to go around. You'll learn that eventually. Once you get consistent with your marketing, there's plenty of deals coming in. You know, you just got to be consistent. Do this marketing every month, you know, and be consistent about it and follow up with your leads. I don't know how many deals I've gotten so far where somebody said no. And then a week later, I'll call them back or a month later, I'll call them back or I'll send them an email one month, you know, and also send them a letter that same month, you know, and then they'll call me back saying, okay, I'm ready to sell and just be aggressive. When somebody calls you and they say, Hey, I want to sell this house over here in this neighborhood, you know, get out of the chair and go look at it that day. Cause I don't know how many deals that I've got under contract where the seller has said, yeah, I got seven postcards. I'm just calling down the list. And I'm like, well, I'll send you an offer right now. I'll send you an offer today. They're like, okay, we'll come and look at it. And then I go out there and get it under contract when there was supposed to be three other people looking at it that afternoon. I mean, I think three of these properties that I have under contract right now are I've gotten that way, just kind of beating everybody out to the property and taking a look at it and getting it under contract. I mean, if it looks like if it's even close to looking like a deal, my motto is just to go ahead and get it under contract because there's so many deals where I thought I'm not going to make anything on this. And then I end up making over $10,000 on the deal when I threw it out there. Now that you're in your sophomore year, are you, do you have a minimum wholesale fee that you want to receive in order to do a deal? You know, I don't want to get greedy with anything. You know, you can get hurt doing that. And I try not to do that. My, my goal would be to be, you know, 10,000 every time, you know, I don't want to be stuck with a, you know, working my butt off for a property, making maybe a, a thousand or two and it's a rental property and you got tenants in there, you kind of got to dance around and all that, you know, and you're working so hard on this one property just to make a thousand bucks. I've learned to kind of like kind of target the easier deals because they're easier to kind of handle with buyers and sellers. And it just, it's easier to make more money on them. Like if the house is, you know, vacant, obviously, and you know, you just got to be patient, I guess. But yeah. (laughs) All right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah. All right. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Okay, here's a no-brainer. Since you're a real estate entrepreneur, you know that selecting a health insurance plan is a real pain and dealing with the whole process is a pain. That's why I've partnered up with Stride Health and they make the whole process really easy, and they have a personal concierge service for you to help you out. They've got a fancy algorithm that helps find the right health plan just for you, and on average, they can save you 400 bucks a year, and it only takes 10 minutes. Go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever. That's S-T-R-I-D-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Best ever listeners, of course, you can go check out the episode that I did with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and um, that episode is number 262, episode 262. Best ever personal growth experience, and what did you learn from it? Personal growth experience? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I've learned a lot. There's there's so many things you're going to learn. It's, it's ridiculous. How old are you? 29. 29. And out of those, the, the professional career, I mean, when you were laid off, from, I believe you said the hospital yeah. and uh, we're making 12K in a warehouse. Yeah. What's something that you learned from those experiences? Just keep believing. Um, you know, keep being aggressive. Uh, know that you're, you know, you're better than, you know, making nothing every year. Um, you know, you can't afford your, your groceries. 
you know, your rent, whatever it is, just keep being aggressive because it's all going to work out, especially in real estate. You know, you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep plugging away. Um, you get better and better at it. You know, just like if you were playing football or basketball, just keep practicing and you get better. I can't believe where I'm at right now. You know, yeah, you know, I've only been or I've been wholesaling by myself for a few years now, but I just can't believe I never thought six figures a year would ever happen in my life going from 12,000 a year to six figures a year consistently now and, and doubling you know almost every year I'm, I'm, dub, I'm on track and it's just it's just ridiculous and it's all just being consistent believing and uh, getting it done best ever deal you've done so far it was uh, 20,000 it was a nice little rehab property that I, I sent out there and you know, it was gone in 10 minutes. I had I bid it up probably another $5,000 and eventually sold and netted me 20000 That was a pretty exciting check to pick up. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Best ever project. My next project on my list is to eventually get a secretary because <laughs> I'm a one-man band right now. Uh, somebody to help uh, answer all the calls. That way it can free up some time so I can look at some more properties and, you know, work on my business instead of in my business. Best ever way you like to give back? Helping other people, um, getting started, you know, people that need help, maybe trying to get into the business. Maybe I can help them with something, you know, maybe uh, help them sell a property or show them kind of like give them some advice on what kind of works, what doesn't work. You know, I've helped several people like that in my market that kind of didn't know where to go or where to start or where to find buyers or this and that. So I like to give back by just kind of helping other people that were struggling like I was when I was first starting out three months behind and rent and couldn't afford groceries and stuff like that. So I know exactly where it's at, what it's like to be there. So I just, I like to help people that way. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Not being consistent with marketing. I can't say that enough. I cannot say that. I'm so I'm drowning in phone calls all day this morning. And uh, yesterday I've been drowning in phone calls just because I've been so consistent with my marketing. It's been great. Uh, When you can kind of almost cherry pick deals. That's a great feeling. You know what I mean? You don't have to struggle to, man, I really need to get this house under contract because I need food. And, you know, I hope this deal works out and I can make a thousand dollars off of it. You know, where you're, where you're kind of like, you're going after a deal. That's not a deal. That's where you don't want to be. You want to be going after deals that are deals. And that all just goes through marketing. What's the best ever place for the listeners to reach you? That would be either by email or my uh, phone. You want to give it out? Yeah. It's three, one, four, Six three five seven one one one. And what about that squeeze page? Do you have a URL for buyers? Yeah, yeah. It's a STL Wholesale Deals with an S dot com. So STL Wholesale Deals dot com. I mean, I'm always looking for more cash buyers. I get tons of rehab projects, tons of great rentals. You know, I'm always getting them in. So I'm always looking for more buyers to build relationships with um, and people that can uh, close on houses. Definitely. Well, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about your progress that you've made in two very short years and the amount of success that you've had so far. First year making 100K, second year on track to making two. And digging into that, in my opinion, why that's the case is your buyers list Mm -hmm. and your intelligence and um, resourcefulness to co-wholesale deals because that's exponentially (laughs) that's exponentially increasing your your ability to do deals because you're able to partner with others who have those deals and just match them up with the buyers and some of those tactics that you mentioned in particular the you know the the meetup group outreach Mm -hmm. not only scraping the email address and emailing out that group which is just straight hustle 
but also reaching out to groups in California, New York. I think there there's a lot of strategy in play there, and a lot of times, you know, you just see you know people just blast messages out to groups that aren't relevant. Well, those are relevant groups. You know, people in uh, New York City and in the you know east east coast and west coast who don't have the type of deals that uh, a Midwest or, you know, kind of a a middle America market have. So really, really cool to hear about that. And then also getting into the, the leads and how you're generating them, Google AdWords, bandit signs, direct mail. Glad that you got into the specifics of how much you're spending, which is Google AdWords right now. It's $35 a day, which is about 13 K a year annualized out bandit signs, $2 a day, uh, if you do it every day a week, it's fifty two hundred, and then direct mail, which you said is twenty thousand. So all in, it's a little under forty thousand yeah. dollars a year worth of expenses and marketing. And I'm sure there's some miscellaneous other things, but you know it's just feeding the feeding the machine, mm-hmm. and or as you said, putting those fishing poles out there. So thanks so much. Which is which kind of comes full circle to you being from a town of six hundred people. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there's there's some fishing going on in New Bloomfield, Missouri. Yeah. So thanks so much for being on the well, show, Anthony. You. And th- is there anything else you want to mention the best ever listeners before we sign off? Just, you know, be uh, consistent, stay aggressive, keep your head up, keep your chin up and uh, everything will work out and just keep, uh, you know, working on your business and not in your business, right? Awesome. We'll have a best ever week. All right. You too. Thank you. <laughs>